When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yosef? Oh, Yosef. Let me tell you something, Yosef. I hope Portia Williams, Monique Samuels, uh, Jocelyn Hernandez, and the spirit of Shanae Jenkins all catch your ass in an alleyway one day soon. Now, you know you need an ass whooping behind this last episode of The Bachelorette. Look, it's your weekly reality roundup episode of me and you, The Housewives and Marvel 2. We got some things to talk about. Let's do it. Hello, what's up everybody? This is of course Kendrick Tucker, the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and I'm here to talk about our weekly reality TV shows. My God, my God, I did not think I would be hooked on the Bachelorette the way that I am. I'm like I'm I'm all in right now. Now I don't even know what usually occurs on the Bachelorette. I know this is like an odd season, but I'm here for it. All the theatrics, all the bullshit, all of the, the sneaking around, uh sneaking with the deacons like you the first lady and uh and and, and uh the Reverend ain't putting it down the way he need to. This is all just fascinating to me. I haven't been this like randomly fascinated by a TV show since I was when I binge watched Love is Blind earlier this year. Now, I know that's the most like hokey dokey ass TV show, but let me tell you something. I was just, it's the same concept. I'm so interested in how people fall in love so damn quickly. I've been in love probably, who. Listen, 
this ain't about me. We 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 gonna go on, on about our business, okay? We got a couple things to talk about this episode. We got to talk about, of course, the Bachelorette, and of course, the Real Housewives of Potomac. You know, we don't talk about them OC girls anymore. You know, our Wednesday nights we spend watching uh Southern Charm New Orleans. Now, let me just quickly plug this right quick. If you don't follow the Instagram account, then you don't know. But a lot of the Bravo uh, communities out there, we've all kind of banded together. And, you know, we were not for Kelly Dodd and her shenan. Ooh, Kelly Dodd. Listen, Clan Dodd, your name is too hard to say that. I haven't said it in so long because I refuse to acknowledge you. That's why I'm having such trouble cussing your ass out right now. Look, between Kelly Dodd. And all the other mess that's going on, and the fact that it's just boring as hell, we don't watch OC this season. We're ignoring them girls. Kelly been doing too much on social media. What we've been doing is every Wednesday during the same time slot, we've been watching Southern Charm New Orleans. I have really forgotten how good that show is. It goes to show you how good a show can be when the dynamic is actually a real friend group. It looks entirely different than when you just hire random people to come on the show because they tested well with audiences. They might test well with audiences, but if they don't fit in well with their group, it's not going to work. They are the prime definition of what it looks like when a core group of friends are in front of the camera. And we are rewatching this. There are some good conversations being had. We're laughing every week. It's gotten to the point where all of us are genuinely like we're we're all excited about sitting down every single week and actually watching this and no we're not all in the same room it's a nice little you know social distancing we all we all got peacock we all got sling xfinity whatever you watch on we all get together uh we just all hit you know one two three and hit play on our (laughs) dvrs or whatever you got it on and we watch we laugh we uh We do our little commentary, everything, and then we do it all again the following Wednesday. So if you don't follow the Instagram account that comes along with this podcast, you need to be. I'll be shouting them all out. You know, uh, it's all happening with Amanda, uh, Bravo While Black, uh, She's Starting, uh, uh, Know That Pod, They Watch Too, everybody. Like all these different podcasts, we all just kind of get together, watch it. It's the best time. And a lot of uh, people... We've started a lot of people down this journey. The same way we've had to, like, kind of tell people, okay, like, Potomac is the best show on TV. Why aren't you watching? You know, the same way we have to tell people, okay, you, you still don't watch Merit to Medicine. What the hell is wrong with your life? That's the best show on Bravo. You know, people people just refuse to. It amazes me that people will sit through Beverly Hills nowadays but won't watch, like, Merit to Medicine or Potomac. It's It's weird, but... Hey, I mean, that's y'all problem. It's not really mine. Also, I've been kind of wanting to do something special like Marvel specifically related for you guys. I've been watching Hellstrom. I still haven't gotten to finish it. My schedule has been kind of insane. I've been traveling almost every weekend. I'm traveling this upcoming weekend too. And then a weekend after that, which is all crazy. But um, I wanted to do... I'm trying to figure out how to... Uh, who was how to kind of give you guys Hellstrom? I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of like if you've seen that show Evil on CPS, oh lord, CPS that's Child Protective Services, no, CBS, <laughs> whatever, I don't, whatever the hell that stands for. Uh, it stands for Julie Chen husband owns that shit, so she got a lot of money. That's what the hell it stands for. Now, look, 
If you've seen that show, then it's kind of a familiar concept. Uh, it's about, you know, if you're not familiar with the Son of Satan comics, which is a, a Marvel property, just to give you a little backstory. Marvel thought that the TV show was going to be a little too dark, so they really kind of distanced themselves. It's spelled a little differently. Uh, the main characters, you know, they. Well, I think the sister kind of goes by a different name than in the comics. It's really, you know, they don't. It's not a part of the MCU, is what you really need to know, because they felt it would have been a little too dark, and if people were going searching for this show, they might think that it was a part of the. Uh, you know, that kind of universe. And Marvel really wanted to kind of separate itself and said, no, this isn't, you know, if you watch Captain America and Iron Man, you don't need to know Hellstrom, but it is, you know, owned by us. And I'm actually enjoying it. You know, I like darker stuff. I watch a lot of dark shit. I listen to True Crime Podcasts and watch ID Channel all day long. You know, when I was a kid, I I didn't give a damn about Sesame Street. I was trying to figure out, you know, uh, the unsolved murders, <laughs> all the unsolved mysteries and, you know, stuff like that. I was trying to watch Forensic Files. I didn't give a damn about Big Bird and Barney and whoever the hell left the Rugrats. I, uh, I wanted to know. Uh, uh, who was in the, the, the top 10 on America's Most Wanted list that week. I didn't give a damn about none of the other stuff. Now, was I a deranged-ass child? Maybe, but I turned out okay, some would say. Not many. With that being said, I am going to figure out a way to cover The Mandalorian. I feel like I want to talk about it once a week at least. Maybe I'll give you guys two different episodes a week. So maybe I'll do like Hellstrom and the Mandalorian all together. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But if you got any input, email me, hit me on Instagram, something. I kind of want to figure this out because Marvel hasn't been, you know, putting out enough content for us to really, you know, it, it feels like, I know you guys feel like this is a mainly a, um, uh, a housewives podcast. A lot of times a reality TV, and I want it to be a little bit of everything pop culture, so I have to figure out a way to kind of give you this stuff while Marvel is in hiatus. You know, because of the time that this really kind of launched, you know, it's COVID. We'll figure it out. We'll make our way through it. But I will be talking about The Mandalorian. So we'll figure all that out soon. You know, we got to see what Mando ass up to. Uh, uh, the child, what they've been doing since they uh escaped that barrage of fire they were under last year. So we're we going to figure it out. You know, I'm along for this Mandalorian ride. I love the first season and I'm not really the biggest star Wars, like connoisseur. Of course I've seen all the star Wars stuff, but I'm not really the biggest like diehard fan. Not the way I am with like Marvel and DC and all that stuff, but you know, I, I I'm, I'm all in on the Mandalorian. So we go figure out a way, you know, if y'all want to drop me some suggestions, I'm totally fine with that. We'll figure it out. I know we can find a way to make that funny and keep us laughing. Maybe I'll do that in Hellstrom at the same time until we get WandaVision. Now, WandaVision is what I'm super excited for. I'll give y'all the, I'll do a live broadcast for that shit. I'm so excited about WandaVision. I don't know what to do. I'm so glad it's coming in December. I hope they surprise us and just like drop it on Thanksgiving or something. Give us something to look forward to. My God, we need anything we can get and we'll take it. And you know what? I'm doing too much rambling about the what is, the coulda, woulda, shouldas, the two chain shit. Let's go ahead and talk about The Bachelorette. So as y'all remember, last week's episode did not end on a rose ceremony. My understanding of this show was that 
every episode ended with a rose ceremony and us finding out who was going home or whatever. Maybe that's not the case. I don't really know. Maybe this season is just so different because Clarendon fucked up the show. I don't know. But you know, you know what? I'm not even really mad at Claire the way everybody else is mad at Claire. Listen, that black man stepped out the car. She got digmatized. She was ready to meet her husband. I'm not mad at you. That man seems like he ready to be with her too. Y'all go do your thing. I'm not mad at you. It means we're getting a black bachelorette anyway. So I'm I'm along for the ride. Clara, you know, uh, <laughs> baby, do what you do. I don't really give a damn. We come in on what is hilarious to me. We see basically all the the other contestants hyping Yosef up to go tell Claire about his opinion about her ass. Now, see, Yosef has been on this kind of tirade about he doesn't feel like Claire is a good woman anymore. His opinion of her has changed. All this different stuff. And they take the opportunity like they should on this show. And they basically tell him... Hey, you need to go tell her, you know, tell her that she a trash. Well, they didn't say all that, but you know, I, I read between the lines. They were like, look, go tell her that she's a trash ass uh, bachelorette and that she shouldn't be the mama of your kids. And I like that. And you know, Yosef, it's like he a boxer and they they uh, uh massaging his, his shoulders before they go into the ring. He jumping up and down. He ready. He doing the loose body. He ready to get in there and he get his ass knocked the hell out. But we'll talk about that later. Now, see, Riley... I like you. Riley with the big arms. He's kind of shaped like Jax from uh, Mortal Kombat. Kind of look like him too. You one big messy bitch and I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. He was hyping Yosef up so hard to go tell Claire. He put that battery in Yosef's back. He charged it up. He wound it up like one of them little torso. Ready to go. Yosef got up. You can tell that he loves to be the villain. Because as he's walking over there, he said, I'm looking forward to telling Claire exactly how I'm feeling. You know what? If if that's the role you came in here to play and you didn't actually come to find love, which it feels like you didn't, then play the villain. Lean into it all the way. I'm here for it. Don't pretend, you know, like you are uh, you such a victim and, you know, like you uh, <laughs> I listen. One thing about me, I spend my days watching. I work from home. Y'all know this. My uh, day job, I haven't been to my actual like place of employment since March. I've been working from home ever since, I think it was like March. Probably the first Friday in March, I haven't actually been in the office. I've been working from home. I got my whole little setup here. So I spend my days working and watching because my TV is literally two feet away from my desk. I spend my days watching the most random stuff. And I was about to say, because y'all are going to be so confused. I was going to say, you are, uh, you don't pretend to be a victim like Melissa back when uh, her and Teresa were going through all that. Uh, you used to be a stripper shit. Listen, I randomly watched the season three and four reunions of The Real Housewives of New Jersey lately. Don't ask me why. When I tell you, there is a reason why Teresa Giudice is an iconic figure in pop culture. If you ask me, there is no other housewife greater than Teresa. Teresa be on so much good bullshit. If you need any proof that Teresa made help, oh my God, I don't even know how to say it. Teresa helped iconize the Real Housewives franchises so easily. 
those two reunions, you know, the, you know, the fourth one when she had on that glitter dress and, you know, Caroline said she was going to participate in a pageant. Teresa said, blah, 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 blah. You, you remember what I'm talking about. And the one before that, when it was, when Jacqueline didn't show up, those two reunions, chef's kiss, everything in life we needed. If you need to have faith completely restored in the housewives franchises, Go watch those two reunions, season three and four of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, my God. Everything you need in life. Let me take another little side note here really quickly. So somewhere before Yosef gets to Claire to interrupt and kind of, uh, quote, unquote, tell her off, we get to see Easy. It was this week that Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast reminded me where we knew easy from now see stephanie is a sports fan like me she said i had to think about it but easy was on the season of hard knocks which all you sports fans know comes on hbo he was on the season with the texans i had completely forgotten once she said that because i've been sitting here these past three weeks like where the hell do i know this dude from it was from Hard Knocks. They called him EZ because he literally had every other letter in his name except E and Z. I think his name was a Jawaka Matima, but we we still call him EZ. You know, we not go we we not gonna take that from you. He got his ass booted up out of Houston the same way uh <laughs> Claire go boot his ass up out the La Quinta, a Walter Fastoria property. But you know, he he hasn't gotten his ass booted up out of there yet. Maybe Tasia keep him. I don't know. We'll find out about that later. Tasia, I don't even know you later. I've been sitting around. Look, y'all know I'm new to the whole bachelorette thing. I've been sitting around calling this lady Fantasia for three weeks. Child, let me. <laughs> I'm like, I thought Fantasia was married. Listen, let me go on because uh, I, I listen. <laughs> I don't know who the hell coming on here. I just know she black. And at the end of the episode, she raised about that water and still I rise. I'm not mad at you. I know why the cage bird sings too. Yosef makes it to Claire and he tells her that basically he has two red flags. The first red flag, he says something about uh, that night where you remember last week I talked about how Claire uh, is perfect for reality TV and how she's like Giselle in Kenya in the fact that she knows how to capitalize on a moment on reality TV. He took offense to that moment saying that, yeah, we are here for you, but you should be here for us too. And then the second one is, you know, he's like, I'm missing time with my daughter. Claire said, my mama's dying. He said, ah, ah, uh, we'll talk about that shit later. Uh, you go let me damn finish. You want to think about your mama while you was uh, sucking and slurping on Dale or Dale, whatever the hell his name is later on. We'll, you know, we'll get there. The second thing he said was about the guys playing the naked dodgeball. That really set Yosef off last week. He's still upset about it. But, you know, they're not going to let you just be naked on TV. The, the the men obviously agreed to it. No one had a problem with it except one dude, but he probably just chickened out at the end. He did, he uh saw all them black dudes taking their pants off and then he was like, oh, I'm a little camera shy. Y'all get that away from me. This uh <laughs> it might only be two inches, but it's two inches of fun. How about that? I know that's right. It ain't got to be a uh, uh, BBC. It can be a uh <laughs> a you and me. How about that? He sets up there and he tells her all this different stuff. Uh, Claire tries to go off on him. He's going back and forth with her. And Claire, 
you a better man than I'll ever be. <laughs> Claire, you a better man than I'll ever be. She actually let that man get through that whole speech of his, that whole disrespectful ass speech of his, calling that lady all out her name. She finally has to put an end to it. That man says, I expected more from the oldest bachelorette that's ever been. He didn't just say the oldest bachelorette. He said the oldest bachelorette that's ever been. He was ashamed to be associated with her. He was saying all this different stuff. And this fool actually let him sit there and finish. Finally, she kind of bosses up. She boots his ass out of there. But listen, Yosef, had that been, uh, <laughs> you know, he was lucky he was arguing with Claire. Had that been Lenerica or, uh, listen, Shanita or, listen, I, <laughs> I don't mean a stereotype, but that, that could have went a whole, a lot of different ways. You lucky Claire was ready to start crying because she was trying to find love. Had that been a younger, uh, uh, a black woman or Latina woman that was ready to get in that ass, she would have had to get in that ass because you were a disrespectful son of a bitch there. I can't even, usually I just love these kind of moments on reality TV, but Yosef, you were doing a whole lot. Then just when I'm trying to ride for Claire the hardest that I can, she goes into one of these long Shakespearean soliloquies. You know, she it felt like we was opening up Macbeth and uh what is it? Uh the uh the Tempest and uh the Shrewd, you know all that like we were she gets goes into this long soliloquy. I'm the oldest bachelorette that's thirty nine and that's standing here and alone because I would never set for a mind like you i'd get it claire okay but at, at some point joseph might have to catch the fade now look i know we talk about how uh candace in potomac didn't deserve that but joseph asked we wouldn't have been mad if you shot him to fade one or two good times you should have did him like they do on uh love and hip-hop you should have did like erica pinkett did bambi back in season three or four or whatever it was back when she was with uh scrappy and she was messing with him and she was sitting there erica pinkett invited that girl out for lunch as soon as bambi sat down mama d got to talking erica pinkett grabbed everything she could find in that restaurant and threw it at bambi ass they had to carry bambi ass up out of there under a coat with security that's how Joseph ass should have got kicked up out the La Quinta that day. I don't know why I keep calling this hotel by its name. It's just so funny to me that they're actually at a La Quinta. You know, I know about all them uh, hotel properties. I work in hospitality. So, listen, take your ass up at the La Quinta. We'll see you later. And don't worry because you got some uh, some other brothers that's about to come join you right now. He rousled her ass, though. But, of course, guess who comes to the rescue? Dale O'Dell. Dale comes to the rescue. It's uh, hugs and kisses. You know, uh, he's saying, he, I'm there to please you, not appease you. Because apparently Yosef had told her, these men are only doing all this dumb shit just to, please, just to appease you. Dale was like, no, tease me, baby. Turn around and just tease me, baby. Let me tell you something. My little three-year-old cousin, that is her favorite song. These kids have been here before. If that ain't an old black saying, I don't know what it is. These kids have been here before. She listens to that song every single day on repeat. She loves the video and everything. Cardi B and Bruno Mars. I'm like, look, you got to turn this shit off. Turn on uh, 
uh, Emma Pretend play or Barbie or something on YouTube that you be watching. The little uh, the little family with the white man and mixed kids and the black wife. Turn them on or something like that because I can't sit here and listen to this damn song no more. And now they talking about please you and appease you on The Bachelorette. Listen, I'm going to have to stop watching all this shit because I'm tired of this. My question is, where were all of the other men in this moment? They looked like they were all walking with her at first, but then at some point she's walking across the, the yard. She walks right into Dale's arms and none of the other men are even around. Where did everybody go? That's what makes me wonder about the production on this show. You know, I'm very familiar with like the VH1 Bravo type of reality TV production. I'm familiar with like the, uh, what's the, what station does Love and Hip Hop Huntsville come on? I think there's, it's not own, it's one of them stations, but maybe it is own actually. I don't know. We TV or uh, something. I'm familiar with how all of those production teams work. I'm not sure about the Bachelorette though. I don't know if they purposely removed all of those men from that situation so that Dale could be the one to run up to her and so that the men could take issue with that. I don't know. I it was just weird to see. You know, as someone if you've been watching reality TV for a long time, you pick up on the most random stuff. And that was just weird to me that it was like she was running through an empty cornfield. And she saw the scarecrow of her dreams. He was like right there for waiting the whole time. And he, nobody else for some reason was around, even though all these men were escorting her uh, down the premises while Yosef was calling that lady every name in the book. You know what? That was some ghetto shit, but I was here for it because I watched Love and Hip Hop. So I'm not, you know, I ain't above the ghetto shit, okay? It's in this moment that we get a little more of a glimpse into Claire and Dale's uh borderline psychotic relationship claire looks at the camera and says it's not even the second rose ceremony yet and i'm falling in love with dale you fell in love with that man when he walked through the door you was waiting on him at the door claire i'm not i'm listen i'm not mad at you but you we got to call a spade a spade now because you dale has been the only one you've been checking for uh since day one episode one and now we've said it Claire goes in and tells the guys, I can't go on with this night because uh, Yosef <laughs> climbed to the top rope and tried to uh, stone cold Steve Austin my ass. So I need to just, I need some time. Uh, we'll do this shit another, get, get, give me an hour. Let me go at least freshen up my makeup or something because I know I've been crying like, uh, <laughs> crying like uh, Candace on the Housewives with this little bit of, uh, this little bit of ass tissue. And then I'll come back. We'll do this rose ceremony. And uh, I'll boot a few more of y'all asses about the house right along with Yosef. These rose ceremonies really make me realize that I've been watching some busted ass dating shows over the years. Like it's some ugly motherfuckers historically on some of the dating shows that I choose to watch. Now, you know, my brand of dating show is a little more. Uh, ooh, how do you say? Uh significant you know a little more uh hoodnific you know so i i'm not used to all this beauty in one room you know most importantly you know at this rose ceremony being with the big feet who actively ignores me on instagram got a rose you know he didn't he didn't get one nearly as fast as dale's as dale she gave him a rose before they even got set up in the bleachers good he was she was like look uh bring your ass on down here you knew you was getting one 
we've been talking on social media uh, <laughs> for the past three years. You knew you was getting this damn rose. It's also important to note that Zach J, because apparently there's more than one, Zach J gets a rose as well. Now, he didn't snatch that rose out of hand as hard as he tried to snatch her damn neck towards the end of this episode. But we'll, listen, we'll get there. We then fast forward to the first date. Now, you know, I like, see, I like to impress y'all a little bit. I remember who went on the first date. We had Jason, Jay, Easy, Chasen, Blake, Ed, Riley with the big arms like Jax from Mortal Kombat, and Dale, of course. Now, y'all knew damn well if one nobody going on that date, Dale was going on that date. So she got them on that date. And let me say, as a new Bachelorette watcher, it was kind of cool to see this new, uh, her name was Deanna, come in because, I, you know me, I'm not familiar with the Bachelorette at all. I just know, like, from, like, Wendy Williams, I always see when they announce the new Bachelorette or the new Bachelor. You know, I knew about the boy who was a virgin and... Uh, Juan Pablo, they was excited about him, but it turns out apparently he was the most trash motherfucker on TV. So uh, we not we we don't care about Juan Pablo, okay? And you know, Deanna was there. I guess she was back in season four. It's season six hundred now, so I'm sure she got a couple of grandkids. You know, I, <laughs> Chad. Look, the, the key key is I don't. I'm wondering if the episodes were two hours long back then too. Shit. That listen, I I chose to watch the BET Awards uh, instead of the Bachelor Live. I was like, well, look, at least the BET Awards they only gonna be two hours because usually they like four and a half. I'm like, okay, I'll watch these awards, then I can fast forward through the Bachelorette and who them ghetto ass awards. I should have I was gonna include them in this episode, but I was like, you know what? It's not much you can pull from that. It was just a whole lot of uh, ghetto ratchetry, and I loved every minute of it. I was dancing my ass off. I just knew it was going to be a whole lot of people at them damn BT Hip Hop Awards that I did not know. You know, that I thought they were going to call up one of them YBNs or YRNs or uh, 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 Young Tony Fly. or I don't know who these people are, you know, I, but... I saw when they were promoting it in the commercials earlier in the day that they said Flo Millie was going to be on there. I was like, okay, wait a minute now. I know Flo Millie. They were like, yeah, and the City Girls performing. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I, I know Carisha Brownlee. I know Jatavia Johnson. Hold on. I, I know some of these people. They're like, yeah, little Baby. I was like, okay, wait a minute now. Maybe I'm not so old after all. I know little Baby. You know, I uh uh see that. I was, I was trying to sing a little baby song, but I couldn't even think of one. Ain't that some shit? I, maybe I am getting a little old, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm young enough to listen to the radio, I guess. The most important thing to remember in this scene with the, uh, the original Bachelorette, not original, but you know what I mean, with the, the season four Bachelorette and Claire was the fact that we got to witness some more of that Ashley Darby shit. Claire has been sitting her ass up in the La Quinta owned by uh, Waldorf Astoria <laughs> and has been sniffing a pair of this man's pants for the past God knows how long. She really had a pair of this man's pants that had rips in them. Well, I'm t- did he give them to you? Or did you, was you uh, sneaking in this man's queen double bedroom and then you took his pants? 
like how did this happen? I'm just like, that's a warning flag for me. Like if I look up and my damn pants gone and I find out on TV that you've been sniffing my damn pants because you like uh, skid marks and you know what? You's a nasty motherfucker. I, if I was engaged to you right now, which I'm sure you and Dale are probably somewhere laid up engaged as hell, I would be ca- I'd be asking for my ring back. I'd be, look, I'd be like Juan Dixon in that uh, store with Giselle. I'd be like, look, you got to give me my uh, 89 uh, $50 ring back, okay? The cubic zirconia diamond, cubic zirconia diamond, cubic zirconia diamond ass ring back. And uh, you can sniff these drawers all you want, but you ain't marrying my ass. That's for damn show. Fast forward, all these dudes are sitting around all day long waiting for Claire. And I mean hours go by. I don't know what the hell is up with Claire and time management, but that's a whole nother issue. That's not for me to work out. I'll set up her an appointment with Ian LeVansant, the the witch doctor, and she can uh, help her work through them kind of issues. That's not for me to help with. I do uh, data analysis. I don't do no damn uh, therapy sessions. She can call up that radio host that Karen and Ray went and talked to there one time, but I can't do nothing else for you. She had these men waiting around all damn day, then came to announce that she canceled the date. She just wanted to have a mixer at night. Chat them in like, you know what? I put on this good Lacoste shirt for you. I didn't put on this good uh this good Dolce and Gabbana cologne and I didn't wasted it on these big smell ass motherfuckers in here, all because you wanna have a mixer and all because you wanna uh sneak off with, with Dale and slurp and burp and uh, uh suck and fuck and all this kind of stuff instead of getting to know me. I'd be you know what? I understand why they hate your ass, Claire. I'd be somewhere cussing you the hell out right now. If I had an Instagram account and I knew how all this played out, I'd be sitting up, if I was one of the bachelors, I'd be sitting up finding you cussing your ass out in them DMs every chance I got. But you know what? I'm not going to make this my fight. They say you got to pick and choose your battles. Let me pick and choose my battles because there's plenty of folk I can cuss out right now. I already spent half the damn episode cussing out Yosef, so... Let me let's move the hell on because uh, these people get in Dale ass enough without me getting in Claire ass. We need to leave one at least one of y'all ass alone. So let me leave Claire alone since they got in they danced in Dale's ass this whole episode. It all starts when Dale makes this like uh, a band of brothers. Uh, Game of Thrones, uh, uh, the, the Black Watch, what's it called? The Night Watch, uh, as speech, the uh, the the Kalasar. He wants to be, uh, you know, respective of people's time. He basically throwing shade at Blake with the uh, with the beard, saying that uh, you know I want to respect time because that's been an issue all this time. You know, Blake has been kind of rewarded for basically breaking all the rules at this point. And so he was basically giving Blake a little taste of his own kind of medicine, I guess. A child, I don't know. But Dale says, if you guys don't mind, because of the events from last night, referring to uh, Yosef uh, uh, sneaking and geeking on her ass. Yosef, you you know what? I was about to say some stuff, but I don't want you to sue me. You look like the type that'll sue somebody instead of fight. So he says, I want to basically talk to her first. Because I was the one that embraced her last night. And I feel like because I have the knowledge of what happened, I would be the best to do so. 
the men aren't buying the shit, but they like, you know what? Go ahead. I ain't even made my uh, Hennessy and Coke yet. So go ahead while I'm making this drink. You go talk to a five minutes. I'll find your asses and I'll break you up anyway. Child, that's what the fuck you thought. Dale said they went back to Claire's room. Now, I don't know who I did. That was, but they got there. They went back to that lady room. They doing all that, uh, you know, when when you first start dating somebody, you start doing that little uh, cutesy wootsy shit. Oh, babe, oh no, and oh, oh no, stop, babe. No, you're cute. Oh no, I'm, I am cute. Oh, babe, oh, give me your nose. Oh my god, you babe, you're, I'm gonna keep your nose in my pocket. Oh my god, it's so cute. Oh, babe, oh my god, babe, your your feet are so tiny. Uh, doing all that good bullshit. They sitting in there, and uh, you, I. <sighs> During this time, we find out, you know, they do a little cutaway. Zach J gets the date because apparently there's more than one Zach. Zach J gets a date. You know, that's so funny that every time I mention one of these people with an alphabet behind their names, I always think about Laguna Beach. Ain't that some shit? I always think about all the Alexes and all the other uh, whoever on there and how uh, Alex H was best friends with Kristen, but she ain't had no issue with Lauren. And then she was uh, 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 slurping and burping on Talon. And then you had the other Alex who had uh, went off to college the first season, you know, with Morgan and all this. You know what? I'm going to stop watching reality TV. This shit is taking up too much space in my brain. I could have been an astronaut. Probably not, but that's okay. Easy finally, after a damn hour and some change, comes to find them. Dale was all on top of that lady. Dale, I'm talking about uh, Claire's dress was so high, it was damn near up to her chin. It was up there, legs uh, wrapped around his head. Finally, they hear Easy knocking at the door. They like, oh shit, this camera's around. We, we was about to, we was about to sit up here and hunch, and these cameras in here. So they jump up at the bed. Uh, they trying to pretend like they didn't do nothing. You remember back in the day? Now look, this is all for the only for the boys out there. You remember uh, back in the day? Claire and Dale kind of put me in the mind of when, like, uh, you get caught doing some shit you're not supposed to do. That's when like your parents come home early. And you're like, oh shit, I ain't done beating off yet. And you, but you see him in the driveway, so then you got to look like you've been watching uh, a good ass movie all day long. And so you be, you, they pull up, you know, already uh, fast forwarded to thirty minutes in the movie because you try not to let them people know that you've been watching their porno collections and stuff. And then you accidentally stumbled across one of their home movies, and you're like, oh lord, let me put that one back. I'm so this getting a little personal. Let me let me go, you know, go ahead on to the thing, Dale was sitting there. He was on the couch. He had his leg crossed. He was staring at the wall. Like he thinking like he a damn philosopher, like he Nietzsche or, uh, 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 Aristotle or Socrates or some Claire hair was all fucked up. Tell me, Oh, come in. We just, we're just talking. Oh, get you. Now you should have went to, uh, Juanita's bumper curl or something. If you was going to tell that lie, listen, all of them were mad as hell at Dale for the rest of that damn episode. But the highlight of this episode was when Dale walked off from the group again. And that man walked into Claire's room because he thought that she was alone. And he walked in there. She was on a whole nother day. He, if if there was ever, if you could have looked up the word guilty in the dictionary, he would have been right there. Dale looked so damn guilty. He looked like he was like, look, 
we already playing this a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to wait about 30 minutes. I'm going to come back. You'll be done with all these motherfuckers. We'll go ahead and, you know, do what it do. We'll pick off. <laughs> He's like, look, I'm still erect from an hour ago. We'll pick off right where we started. Ooh, they get all that. Easy got to talking. He was like, look, I don't know who you in here with, but can I just, can I have a minute with her? The gag was, Claire was like, yeah, you want to, you want to come back in? Dude was looking like, well, damn, we only been talking for what three minutes she put his ass whoever it was i think it was jay now look you know some of these characters are just look you know look around the house you know i don't know their names they just kind of there for decoration it was jay i we gonna go with jay i don't know if it was jay it could have been uh the juanita's but i don't know but they went back in there and they went right back to kissing look dale and claire aren't even trying to hide it anymore i'm not even sure i'm really mad at them at this point but stop playing in those people's faces just tell them you wanna um you you found your man and you ready to to get the hell up out of there because at this point y'all playing in them people's faces and you know i don't like when people play on my intelligence that's got to be some other people's pet peeves too but hell we'll (laughs) we'll never know i guess huh when the boys went in there and they found out that dale was back for a second time after all of them barely had any time with her at all. They were like, oh, hell no. They went and interrupted that shit fast as hell. Dale came back to sit with the group, and I'm talking about he was stuttering harder than... You know when you have like a a, a, a two, three, four-year-old little cousin or child or something, and they're really learning to develop their talking skills. And so they start doing that stuttering thing where they try to, you know, their brain is moving faster than their mouth do. They want some potato chips. They're like, can you give me some potato chips? And, you know, it's not because they it's not because they speak bad. It's just because their brain is moving faster than their mouth can right now. Dale was a, a, a stumbling toddler. He had to come up with all kind of lies to tell that damn, <laughs> to tell all of them. Cause they were like, uh, well, w- what happened? Because you was supposed to be sitting your ass right here with the rest of us. Dale said, okay, well, look, I, uh, I, you know, I, I walked to the bathroom and, uh, I, look, I, I saw a bird. Okay. So the bird told me that, uh, a, 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 a squirrel, a squirrel was on fire and, uh, the, 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 the bird needed help, you know, putting the squirrel out of fire. So I had to go and find a bucket, right? Cause you know, I was in the bathroom and, 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 and it was already water in the bathroom. So I had to, I had to go find a bucket to put the water in. So, you know, cause we couldn't, you know, I didn't want to leave the squirrel on fire because if you know, if the squirrel kept running, it could have set the whole La Quinta, a Waldorf Astoria property. Uh, it could have set it all on fire. And then we all would have had to leave. And then Claire couldn't find the love of her life. Wait, like, Dale, what the hell are you talking about? You know, Bennett had to uh, roast his ass later about them damn run on sentences he be doing. Bennett. Listen, you all right with me with your uh SpongeBob square head <laughs> square head ass. It finally becomes a point in the night where she has to give out the one rose for the first group of men that went on the date with her. Now, if it wasn't already obvious that she was gonna pick Dale, then you haven't really been watching this show. Dale got that rose and those boys were so goddamn mad. They were on his ass like back pockets for the rest of the night. But do you think Dale gave a damn? 
Hell no. Dale was more concerned about uh, what lie he was going to tell them people tomorrow than about what the hell they were actually thinking about. They were mad as hell, but they couldn't worry about it because they had to worry about Zach J, because apparently there's more than one Zach, on going on his date with Claire tomorrow. And they know that Zach, uh, the way he was snatching that girl's neck up at that damn pool, they knew they had to worry about her actual physical well-being. So the next day... Zach J and Claire, we would call him Zach J with the body, yaddy, yaddy, because he was in that swimming pool built up like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So when they uh, went on their date, you know, they go to this uh, kind of whole little spa and do all this kind of uh, random stuff, but they end up in the pool. At some point, the dog comes out, you know, with some bonding and all this kind of stuff, but it gets super awkward, super awkward, super awkward. When Claire goes in for a kiss. Now, look, people online are saying different things. I don't know what the impression is. I I mean, I don't know. It seemed like she went in for a kiss and then he kind of he didn't know if that was as far as she can go. But I guess he was waiting for her to make contacts with the lips. She was waiting for him to come in further. And then she was like, oh, oh, okay. And so she kind of walked off. She's like, why don't you just go get ready and I'll go get ready. And then we'll, he was like, well, no, no, wait, what's going on? And so he didn't want to accept that. He was like, well, no, it was just a misunderstanding. He kept grabbing this girl's neck and twisting it back towards him. I, I listen, I didn't know where that was about to go. I didn't know if we were about to witness domestic violence or what. Maybe I'm overreacting. But when I was looking, I was like, okay, this is a bit aggressive this is a bit intense i don't know what people now look i'm saying all that but look i <laughs> i don't mind being uh what y'all call i don't mind being uh grabbed up roughed up as long as it leads to the bedroom a little bit afterwards okay not everybody is a you know a sex dungeon uh freak like me you know me and candy we don't mind getting choked a little bit but see this lady has told y'all that she's had domestic violence stuff in the past she had to deal with juan pablo's uh the long head taco bell head ass and so she that man listen zach J sat up there and was whipping that girl's hair back like willow smith i didn't know what the hell was going on so he just kept at what happened? What happened? She finally gets away from him. He walks off sad as hell. And it's just one of those moments where it's so weird when men like kind of attempt to dominate women on TV. I don't know. I might be completely wrong in how I'm seeing this. Keep in mind, I'm a first time viewer of this. So I have like the most naive uh, baby-like eyes watching this show. Maybe Claire's the victim. I mean, maybe Claire's the villain. Maybe she's the victim. I don't know. But it felt uncomfortable to watch. Needless to say, Zach went and got ready for dinner. He was sitting at the table by himself for so damn long. And then finally, we hear the click-clacking of some heels he turns around child it's chris harrison side note why do i keep calling this man chris hansen like i'm expecting uh r kelly to come around the corner 
uh, saying that he's looking for one of them surviving R. Kelly girls. And it's uh, Chris Hansen's ass saying, well, no, the woman you were uh, texting with, where well, it's, it's 2020, the woman you were uh, DMing with is actually a 13-year-old girl. But you knew that, didn't you, Robert? And then R. Kelly tried to run out the back, but all them SWAT teams uh, dive on his ass just like they did all the motherfuck and he couldn't go nowhere. That's beside the point, okay? We're talking about Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison, not Chris Hansen. Chris Harrison, not Chris Hansen. I'm going to have to remember that because I'm going to keep calling this man Chris Hansen. But anyway, he walked up with them heels clacking. I don't know if he had them new. Uh, I don't know if Jessica Simpson sent him uh, a preview of a new line or Jimmy Choo or what it was. But them heels was clacking. He basically sat down and told him, look, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. She don't want you here no more. She said uh, you were slanging her ass around like a rag doll, and we can't condone that. He got his ass up out of there. I guess he went back to Bougieville, as Shanae would say. I don't know, but he had to go. The rest of the episode was not filler, but it's really kind of inconsequential as compared to everything else that happened in the episode. You know, we found out that the second date is going to be a roast. You know, Margaret Cho is there to teach them how to roast. And the victims are going to be the other guys in the house. So, obviously, everyone is relentless about Dale. You know, they see him as a clear front runner. They know that's who Claire wants. And so, they are hounding him. Hounding him for the entire roast. It's almost like they made a pact. Like, okay, we all going to talk about him. But I don't even want to talk about that. The thing I want to address is y'all know I, I focus on the most random stuff. It could be a, 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 a thousand page book. I'm focusing on something on page 597 that just didn't sit right with me. The fact that somebody, God, I don't know if it was Ben or Brendan or who it was. See, I'm, I'm kind of learning their names. Somebody said that in the limousine, Dale introduced himself as Dale. Now, let me tell y'all something right now. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you know how I feel about people with regular ass names trying to get you to pronounce it a different way. I refuse to call that man Dale. Your damn name is going to be Dale. The same way I refuse to call Tanya, Tanya, your girl, your name is Tanya. I, if you if you become a real housewife of Atlanta one day, you know, if you're on the main, you know, circuit board, I might call, consider calling you Tanya. Until then, your name is Tanya. I wish the hell I would. So listen, I called Beyonce Bianca for years. I had refused to believe that lady's name was really Beyonce. But then once she dropped that first single, you could say, no, no, no. I was like, okay, you, you, you might be about something then. Let me go ahead and call this lady what her name is. I hear, but back then I was just reading uh, the back of the album. I was like, I think it would have Beyonce. What is this? So I was just like, let me just call this lady Beyonce and get on about my day because otherwise I'm listen, I'm not calling you Tanya and I'm not calling you Dale. And that's just that on that. The only other big thing to know in this episode is, one, Bennett went the fuck in on Dale. Two, uh, Claire went on dates with the second group, and she spent the entire time asking him about Dale. She didn't ask him anything else. She didn't care about their personal life, none of that. She just wanted to know why y'all were talking about Dale so much. And three, a lot of people on the internet 
felt like Zach J got set up. That ain't none of my business, though. I don't like the internet like that. So let's go ahead and talk about Potomac. That was so damn dramatic. Oh, my God. Potomac. My God. By the time, I always wonder why I have, because you know, I my format is I have like a script that I go by. I write out so much stuff that a lot of y'all wouldn't even believe doesn't even make the cutting, you know, doesn't even make the actual movie, if you will. A lot of it's left on the, uh, the editing room floor. I have so much stuff written out, and I always wonder, I've been wondering for the past couple of weeks, why do I always have so much more stuff? Like, Potomac is really giving it. Why do I have so much more stuff to talk about with The Bachelorette than Potomac? And then I had to remember, well, shit, it's two hours versus one. I mean, goddamn, <laughs> which is really like an hour and a half versus 44 minutes. But listen, as long as uh, <laughs> as long as uh, Ashley Darby is still sniffing draws, we'll always have something to talk about. So let's go ahead and talk about these Potomac ladies. Y'all know with Potomac, I don't necessarily go scene by scene. I kind of pull out the big stuff that we can really uh, kind of talk about, whether it be stuff we can relate back to our own communities or stuff that's just, you know, kind of imposing on the rest of the season. So we kind of start off with Giselle uh, going to meet Juan dressed like a cockatoo to go ring shopping for uh, for Robin. I said Robin, right? She goes to meet Juan to go ring shopping for Robin. That's how that shit went. I think that's what I said. I don't really damn know. Giselle starts talking about, you know, her and Robin are kind of in the same boat. It's like, you know, you've been divorced from this man, but now you're trying to get back with him. And uh, so that means that the ring size needs to be double. Now, see that? That's why old-ass black men always talking about it's cheaper to keep her. See, I get it now. That's why Betty Wright was sitting under the tree for all these years telling these uh, uh, young women how to keep a man, how to trap a man, what kind of man. You know, having a piece of man is better than having no man at all. So I'm going to just take what I got and work with him. You understand what I mean? Now, see, some of y'all don't know what the hell that is. That's okay, though. Y'all just uh, go find y'all old school R&B station to listen to. And within about a week, you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, R&B can be the devil. It's teaching y'all some badass lessons. That That's the biggest thing we need to pull from this episode. R&B is teaching y'all the wrong kind of shit. See, we lucky that these uh, new motherfuckers ain't talking about nothing no more. Because y'all used to teach people, it's cheaper to keep up. And y'all was teaching them all that shit Better Wright was talking about. Now, see that? Listen, Monique sits up talking to somebody. I don't know if it was her pastor or whoever the hell it was. But she starts inviting the ladies to come to her live podcast uh, taping. Robin basically paid her ass dust. Karen lied and said that she was coming. And Wendy actually took the time to kind of hold her accountable. Wendy basically said, you know, she told her, her feelings point blank, period. And then she thanked her for the invite. Now, that shit was funny. But she basically said, you know, last time we were together, you didn't have any remorse and all this kind of stuff. So I'm not sure I really want to be around that. You know, yada, yada, yada. Basically articulated it perfectly. We learn, of course, later on in the episode that Robin and Wendy feel like it's too quick for the therapy that Monique has been going to to have actually worked. Now, do we agree with that? I do. See... I kind of feel that the few, you know, at this point, it's been, what, 
two, three weeks removed from the fight. Therapy, you know, and it was a couple of days later when y'all had that little Ponderosa <laughs> at uh, Karen's house. Why do I think of Jackie Christie every time I say the word Ponderosa? I think that's why I say it because reality TV all just runs together in my head. Y'all had that like two weeks ago. It seems, ugh, I don't know. Will you change? Quite possibly. I don't know. You know, y'all right now on, on social media is not a good indication. But, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't think you can change. I definitely think you can. It's just that at that point, it had been too soon. So I 100% get what they were saying. And speaking of therapy... I love the fact that we go into the scene with Ray and Karen next because they kind of continue that therapy train. This is one of the bigger things I want to talk about because therapy in the black community is such a taboo thing when it doesn't need to be. Karen basically says point blank. She says, you know, Ray has always been (laughs) kind of opposed to therapy and he really shouldn't be. But when he gets there, he actually is, you know, he's uh really kind of being open and honest. He says his big thing is he's basically retiring. This is his third retirement. And Karen is now, just now starting her business. He is now kind of taking on the role instead of being, you know, kind of the breadwinner and being uh, Ray Huger, the black Bill Gates in the community. Now he is being kind of known as... Karen Huger's wife or oh lord Karen Huger's husband wife same thing chat I don't know what y'all might have uh strap-ons and all kind of things in that damn bedroom I don't know why the hell y'all been together for 30 years that's listen I'm not gonna come in y'all bedroom that ain't none of my damn business you can be the wife or the husband I don't care regardless that's a huge dynamic shift Karen on the other hand wants some acknowledgement from Ray that she was really kind of holding him down during that whole, you know, season two, uh, Uncle Ben's taxes, <laughs> tax reform, hashtag, you know, everything that was on Giselle's shirt with her messy ass. Uh, and she basically said that Ray, you know, she feels unappreciated because Ray never thanked her for quote unquote soldiering up during that time. Ray, kind of takes the stance of, you know, the typical older man who doesn't want to kind of change his spots. He says that, you know, well, it's too late now. I can't go back and apologize and do the things that I should have done then. And the therapist made a great point. She said, that's true. You can't go back and change that. But what you can do is acknowledge it now. Now, see... If more people were able to do this, there would be so many saved friendships, uh, relationships, marriages, a relationship with your parents, siblings, anybody. So many of them will be saved if people can simply acknowledge the things that they do. If you can take the time and listen to what the other person is saying, then you can take the time to actually think about it, see how it applies 
and actually acknowledge your part in it. See, that's the problem with a lot of people. That's why people don't like to go to therapy because therapy requires you to acknowledge the shit that you've done. And a lot of people feels like that would be like them admitting that they were wrong. You were wrong. Or you might not be looking at the other person's perspective. It can be two things, but you got to really kind of own that shit. And that's what Karen is really wanting in this moment. But I don't think that it's just Ray's fault. It seems like both of them are not really willing to take accountability in their role in this uh, in this Ponderosa hell. <laughs> Whenever I can't think of a word to use, it's gonna be Ponderosa. God damn it! We go, uh, y'all figure out that Ponderosa. I think you and Ray can get through it. You know, I see on social media y'all still having date nights. I don't know what the hell y'all be doing, but. Y'all got all that house and all them inches uh, raving going off to college. Don't none of the other kids live there. So I know y'all probably uh, walking around Potomac butt-ass naked. Uh, talking about date night. I don't know. Ugh, let me, let's move on. The next part on the episode I really want to talk about is while Wendy is, you know, giving out all the invites for her Wine with Wendy event, which I love, by the way. She calls Candace. Candace is the last person she called. You know, she wants to invite her. She tells her what it's about. But mainly, she wants to check up on Candace and see how she's been doing. The thing I wanted to kind of extrapolate from this was they talk about Monique on social media. And see, I think that's what the crux of not just all of their issue is, but kind of my issue too. I, before all this had absolutely no issue with Monique. Listening to this, I'm sorry, and witnessing this, that's kind of where my big issue came into play because we spent this whole year thinking that this whole fight popped off because Monique got busted in the head with a bottle or they was throwing wine at her and all this kind of stuff. Basically, fucking with Monique. My thing is, none of that is true. <laughs> You know, we've all witnesses now. We've all basically given, the, we've seen the slow motions, the play-by-play. -play. We can't look at this fight any other way now. We've seen it. We know what happens. We know who all is at fault. But the things on social media where, you know, you're, you're getting applause for beating her up and you're acknowledging that applause and, you know, you're doing all this stuff. You're going to the blogs and telling them all these different stories and not even just at the time, like this is still going on. So it's just kind of like, uh, it's like, I want to believe that you actually have, you know, learned from this and grown, but I don't really know that you have. See, it's weird to me that people try to relate this like back to Portia and Kenya. I remember Portia like genuinely trying because like she you remember that scene where her and candy started arguing at a restaurant and uh, portia got up and like literally walked away and then kenya followed her out to the street testing her to see if her anger management was really working see that's the thing portia's like look i'm doing everything i can now they're telling me to walk away from these situations before i bust one of the asses upside the head again i'm trying to leave that's my thing if i could see any kind of remorse or acknowledgement or anything I'd be okay with it, but hey, it's not my battle to pick, you know. I love that scene in the car with Giselle and Jamal. Basically talking about how the long-distance relationship, how it's going. 
And they basically agreed that they were both going to go the extra mile now because Jamal had been waiting for Giselle to say, you know, to acknowledge that uh, she's ready to move forward and all this kind of stuff, whatever the hell they were saying. I want to talk about it because I feel like, you know, I've told y'all before, I never, I don't see myself as the marriage kind of person. You know, I don't want kids and all that kind of stuff. If I were to ever get married, though, I think a long distance relationship would work out perfectly for me. That sounds like a dream. You don't have to really, you know, I don't need you in my bed every night. You know, I like to sleep with it cold as hell. You know, I like the air conditioning going and I like the fan on medium. You know, I like to be up under the blankets. I like the TV on when I go to sleep. You know, I, I, I'm real specific about shit. And I don't need you really just coming up in my house where I pay the bills. And how do I say this? Uh, fucking up my vibe. That's what I say. You know, I don't need none of that. So I I could thrive in a long distance relationship. Maybe I need to try to find me one. I'm going to find somebody living uh Oklahoma. <laughs> now, nah, hell no. Nah. That's where the uh, the Tulsa uh, race massacre was. I don't need none of them kind of damn reminders. Let me keep my ass in Memphis. I'll find somebody in Nashville or Dallas. Ooh, Nashville. That's only three hours away. See, ooh, or Birmingham. If I go to Birmingham, I can at least uh, go to Papado every weekend when I go visit. See, now that might be... Ooh, I might just talk myself into something. Let me get on Tinder. Hold on. We then go to this live podcast event where, you know, this has kind of been Monique's big, like, climax. Well, shit, the fight was the climax of the season. But, you know, the thing that she's been leading up to the most. Basically, what we take away from this is Karen has not talked to her about what she was telling Candace and what she was advising Candace to do. Ashley drops the absolute bombshell on her. You know, she's telling her how uh, Karen is sick now and she can't come to her event. And Monique feels hurt because she's been telling everybody, you know, she feels like she supports everyone. And Ashley, you know, Ashley don't need much of a segue. She's just ready to drop a bomb on your ass like Afghanistan whenever she can. She says, well, you know, she's the one that told us that she told Candace to press charges. And Monique looks visibly shocked, like she can't believe it. So, obviously, Karen hadn't said a word to her. But the thing is, if you look on social media, they're still, like, bestie besties. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, I don't want to assume that she has any ulterior motives, either one of them. But you know how Karen feels about the Green Eye Bandits, especially. But it makes me wonder, is Karen, you know, kind of, either being held to a different standard than the rest of the ladies, maybe something less, maybe she's not on as high of a pedestal as they try to put the green eye bandits. I don't know. Or does Monique feel like she needs an army because everybody is really team Candace right now. And so that's why she's so quick to forgive Karen. I don't know. It just kind of summed them all over. Maybe we'll find out the answer to that at the reunion. My God, I hope the reunion is in person. If it's not, it will crush my spirit. I need them in person for this reunion. If they have a COVID fight at this reunion, I'm going to holler. I don't want y'all putting y'all hands on each other no more. I think y'all can be bigger than this. But if y'all get up swinging in the mask, I'm not going to do. I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. This is so random. And I wasn't even going to talk about this scene with uh, Robin and Juan and her parents and all like that. But 
Robin's kids always seem so happy to me, and I just love seeing it. The same way, like, Wendy's kids always seem so happy. And you can tell, like, Giselle is a really good mom. It's like, all of them, just all, everyone on the show, I feel like, are such good parents. But I love seeing Robin's kids in particular because they always seem to be just, like, smiling, and they love, like, physically actually being around their mom. They like helping her with her business. They like just being around him and laughing. You remember when Wendy and Robin were talking in the park, and uh, I think it was Corey, maybe Carter. Carter actually came and just sat down right in the middle of them. She like, uh, what the hell are you doing? He just wanted to be around his mom. I love that. I love when kids just like aren't too cool for their parents. They genuinely love hanging out with their parents, and I love to see that. And I feel like it says a lot about the kind of dynamic that's actually in that household. I love that the parents are, well, they seem bored, but they, uh, <laughs> listen, actually I will talk about this scene cause that shit was kind of funny. Them parents came, thought they were about to come and, uh, you know, had them a little bowl and they about to eat all that good food they had out. They about to get some pizza, some wings, you know, bowl a few strikes and then they were going to take their ass home. As soon as they get there, Robin telling them that she owed $90,000 in taxes, Juan dropping bombs that he gonna start proposing and all that. They like, damn, we came here to, uh for a stress, <laughs> a stress free evening, and y'all done came and ruined all this shit with us. And damn, remind us not to accept now another invite from y'all asses. Let's go ahead and just talk about the the big part of this episode, which was Wendy's event. First of all, let me just say, Wendy, your purpose on this show is so much bigger than people even know like a lot of people try to you know diminish your role on here because you know i you know i hate that too because people will complain that teddy you know oh she's so boring jackie in new jersey oh my gosh she's so boring you have a housewife that's giving you drama education actually uh, becoming friends with the group and suddenly you know it's an issue so, you know, whatever. I'll let y'all work through that. That's a personal problem. I ain't got nothing to do with that shit. Wendy's event was everything. These black people were in this room talking about everything from uh, the importance of knowing about the loans that are available to you, uh, what kind of business grants you could be getting, uh, the importance of HBCUs, all of these different things that we don't get to see discussed on TV is being brought to the forefront by someone who spends her days commentating on issues that are plaguing our communities every single day on CNN, MSC, all of this stuff. I love to see it. It was almost ruined when Robin walked in with that witness protection ass wig she had on. Now, let me tell you something. That was the funniest part of this damn episode. Y'all know Robin is my favorite, but that shit was so funny. They was reading her ass from left to right. Candace gave me my laugh for the night. She said, are you hiding from the IRS? Girl, just pay your taxes. <laughs> I know that's right. Ashley said, Mm-mm, I don't like that. I know that you sound like Carisha. Mm-mm, I don't like that. Candace said, just burn that wig, girl. I know it'll burn because it looks like it's fully synthetic. So it'll burn right up. Shit, I know that's right. Robin, the best of us make mistakes. So 
I'm, <laughs> I'm not mad. At, just go back to that little pixie cup we like. You know, that little, uh, <laughs> see, I, was, I have to remember sometimes that I'm on, the way I would say something in real life as opposed to me saying it on this podcast are entirely different. And I know y'all are probably like, you cussing everything else on here. I try to hold a lot of stuff in. I was about to tell her to go back to a certain kind of haircut, but I'm not going to say that. I have evolved. I am man. It's also really perfect that this episode aired the week before the actual election. Wendy was stressing at this event how important local elections are and it's not up to just one man to make all the decisions. Y'all are talking about how y'all want things to change with uh, this position. Well, you need to be concerned with electing this person to this office, things like that. And a lot of people, you know, it might sound commonplace to a lot of us. A lot of people don't know that kind of stuff. It's so important to remind people to vote in their local elections because otherwise you just worrying about the presidency. Them people might be doing shit that don't even affect you. It might be stuff that your own mayor and congressmen and uh, state representatives, all these people are doing that actually affects your ass. And you sit up here worried about, well, shit, we all need to be worried about Trump and Pence and uh, Biden and Kamala and, uh, you know, Kamala and you know, it, we we go we look. We got to worry about this stuff one at a time. But even still, you need to be worried about your local elections too. Monique, I mean, child, the damn names. Wendy, keep doing what you're doing. The climax comes when Karen and Candace go downstairs to discuss, you know, everything that's been going on. Candace basically articulates that she feels as if. Karen is unconsciously choosing Monique's side. You know, she feels that she should have been, you know, she should have condemned Karen at this point. Monique, you know, that. listen, them long ass bachelor episodes. I've been recording for what feels like 10 years. Y'all have to forgive me. Y'all know who the hell I'm talking about. Hell, she says she feels like she is unconsciously choosing Monique's side over hers and that she's not like overtly condemning her for her action. Karen kind of starts off wrong, in my opinion. She tells her, you know, she says that, you know, she's brilliant, but she has a mouth to match, which is fair. We all know Candace got a mouth. That's the reason why I love her as a housewife. But, you know, that it don't fly with everybody. It goes wrong when I feel like Karen starts to do that thing that older people do to diminish young people. They'll start off with that kind of uh, young man, young woman, uh, uh, little boy, little girl, that kind of shit. See, if you start anything off with that, but then call yourself giving me constructive criticism, I'm not going to receive that. And that's where that whole altercation goes wrong. That's why Wendy had to uh, creep down them steps and help get that shit cracking. Now, see, y'all asses, I don't know what the hell y'all going to do in Portugal. Y'all might just need to, Karen, just stay in America and let them go to Portugal by themselves because I don't know. Listen, Wendy might dive on your ass. I don't know. <laughs> she won't do that. Uh, Wendy, I know you got too much class for that. Don't dive on that lady, at least not till the reunion, okay? Listen, y'all, that's all I got for you. But you know, of course, I'm not going to get out of here without telling you everything, everywhere, everybody, without telling you where you can find me. 
Of course, follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast. Just follow. We have the best time on there every single week. We laugh uh, nonstop. Join us for those uh, Wednesday watches of uh, Southern Charm New Orleans. Drop in, shoot me a DM. Y'all be so reckless in them DMs. I don't have no choice but to just holler. Y'all are funny as hell. Join me in the DMs. Join me on the main page. Email me at housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. I will respond. I respond to everybody. I love talking to y'all. I love engaging with you guys. All of that. I want to know your opinions about this episode. What do you think? Are Dale and Claire just playing in these people's faces? Would you ever call her Tanya instead of Tanya? What about Dale instead of Dale? I want to know all this kind of stuff. Would you? Uh, who would you want as a parent on Potomac? You want Giselle or Robin or Karen? Who you want as your mama? Let me know all this stuff. Hit me up. I can't wait to talk to you. And of course, I'm Kendrick, the self-proclaimed uh, season ticket holder of pop culture. And I will see you guys next time. See you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.